The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. All right, everybody. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal as we begin uh, our summer series at the movies. Uh, Raise your hand if you saw that movie, Black Panther. Okay, not as many as I thought. Um, I love the movies. Anybody remember uh, the very first movie you ever went to go see as a kid? Anybody remember that? Uh, One of the first movies I remember seeing as a child, uh, believe it or not, it wasn't when it first came out, but uh, Bambi of all movies. um, And I saw it at the UltraVision movie theater uh, where Moe's is now on Sam Ritten Boulevard. Um, And uh, yes, I did cry when Bambi's mother got shot. Um, I remember the very first time I ever saw The Wizard of Oz. And that wasn't in the theater, but I do remember seeing that movie for the first time. And uh, being totally freaked out by what? Anybody know? Yeah, those flying monkeys. Um, I remember seeing the movie Jaws when it came out in the movie theater. And I actually saw it at the old Pine Haven movie theater in North Charleston. And uh, I remember being afraid to get in the water all summer. I was not going to go out in the water in Folly Beach. But um, how about drive-in movies? Anybody remember going to see a drive-in movie? Maybe uh, in North Charleston before they started showing porn. Um, and... Um, <laughs> And then uh, maybe Buford or Walterboro. Uh, This is a little bit of trivia, a little bit of coastal trivia for you. You might not be aware of this, but uh, this property right here, 460 Arlington Drive, actually used to be a drive-in movie theater uh, back in the 50s. And uh, before we built this building that we're in right now today, you could still see the rolling hills uh, in in the field here uh, where cars would be parking. Uh, But, you know, I was thinking about that. In 2018, you know, the reality is who needs to go to the theater anymore? I mean, with huge, huge screens that people have in their homes and home theaters and high def and uh, Hulu and Netflix and, you know, Amazon Prime. You you never even have to leave your house anymore to see see a good movie. Um, Without a doubt, I I just believe that our world today actually still has a love affair uh, with the movie. In fact, one of the reasons why we do this series is that um, I will go as far to say that our culture today gets what it believes about God, about spirituality, and about life from the movies they watch and the music they listen to. I believe that. That's where they get a lot of what, what's happening, the trends in our culture, what people believe in the movies and the music that they're watching and listening to. Now, that said, listen to me. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that they get it right. In fact, I don't think they do get it right. But through movies and music, they are asking questions, and uh, they're raising issues, and they're seeking, they're searching. Now, here's the good news for us. I believe that we actually have the answers. So, instead of imitating the culture, or condemning the culture, or ignoring culture, Why not seek to do what Jesus did? Engage the culture. Redeem the culture. Uh, John 3.17, in fact, says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In fact, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul did uh, when he landed in Athens in Acts chapter 17. He used their culture. He used what he saw in their times. In fact, uh, it was an altar to an unknown God. He walks into the city, sees all these statues, all these altars, and he sees one to an unknown God, and he uses that to tell people about Jesus. 
Now the Bible says that his heart was deeply troubled, is the phrase that's used, by what he saw. But he used what he saw. He used their own practices to point people to Jesus. He engaged the culture. That's what we do here at Coastal. And in a way, that's what this series is all about. You know, the, the truth is, you might be deeply troubled by what you see in the world today. In fact, I would say you, you should be deeply troubled by what you see in the world today. You might be deeply troubled by what you see in a particular movie or what you hear in, in, in a song. But instead of having either no spiritual discernment and, you know, never being troubled or bothered by what you see or hear, or just the opposite, you know, acting like the stereotypical, judgmental, finger-pointing nut jobs that the world thinks that we are, you know, instead of those two extremes, why not be willing to talk to people, engage culture, and point people to Jesus? Now, don't mistake what we're going to do during the series. And I, I have to say this every year that we do this, because I think some people misunderstand what we're doing. Uh, I am not going to be preaching you know, from the movies themselves, or, you know, I'm not going to open up the Marvel comic books and say, turn to this passage. We're not doing that, okay? Um, as always at Coastal, you, you can count on Pastor Chris. I am going to open up God's Word, and we are going to boldly talk about the truth. Now, the six different movies that we're going to use in this series, they're all just hooks. They're all just springboards to, uh, to have some fun and to start a conversation. Now, this year, that conversation is all about being a hero. After all, that's what summer movies are definitely about, uh, superheroes. So let's get started. Again, this movie today, The Black Panther. I saw the movie. I loved it. I really thought it is one of the best superhero movies that I've seen in a long time. Now, each week, we're, we're going to try not to you know, give you like a spoiler alert or give away too much of the movie, but basically, the movie follows the story of uh, T'Challa, who after the death of his father, he returns home uh, to his country of Wakanda to become the next king and the Black Panther. Now, Wakanda, his homeland, uh, his country, is technologically advanced, okay? It is this um, uh, African nation, and they are pretending, and you got to see the movie to, to get this, they are pretending to be a third world country, basically, okay? Because they're extremely, extremely advanced. Now, in all superhero movies, there's also a what? If there's a hero, there's got to be a, a villain, right? So there is. In this movie as well, there is this vengeful, power-hungry villain. He appears on the scene, kind of a backstory to it, um, to challenge the king and, and to end up threatening, of course, the entire world. Now, the movie has gone on to gross, listen to this, over $1.3 billion dollars worldwide. It, it became the second highest grossing film of 2019, the third highest grossing film ever in the United States, and the ninth highest grossing film of all time. Wow. Listen to this one review. I, I like what this reviewer said. Black Panther isn't just a movie, it's a moment. Uh, most Marvel movies make a mint upon release, and this one will be no different. But the buzz surrounding Black Panther has hit a whole different level. It is the first 
blockbuster superhero movie, not only to star a black hero, but a predominantly black cast as well. While this movie certainly has a special appeal for one segment of superhero lovers, it is also a movie made for all of us. Black Panther preaches, and I think that's a fair characterization, that we all have a responsibility to make the world a better place, to help folks when and where we can, to use the gifts that we've been given to serve others, and to hold ourselves to a high and honorable standard. It tells us that while we can fight back against evil, we cannot respond to hate in kind. The only thing that can overcome man's worst impulses is to aspire to be better. I like that. And it is a great movie. In fact, I would argue that one of the themes of this movie, and in fact, it's, it's a prevalent theme in most superhero movies, is a similar one. Um, and it comes from Luke chapter 12, verse 48. It's there on your outline. Listen to this. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to read that out loud with me again. Let's read this together. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. Wow. Now, that verse troubles me. It does. Because I know, I realize that I've been given much. I mean, I am a blessed man. I, I, I know, I know that. I know my cup runneth over. I know that I've got more blessings than, than one human being deserves. That's a blessing. But I also know that is a huge, awesome responsibility. And so what I want to challenge this church with, and what I want to challenge you personally with today, is that we are a blessed people. We're a blessed church. You are a blessed individual. We have been blessed with talent and family and opportunity and health and resources. In fact, that's one of my uh, homework assignments for everybody this week. Here's what I want you to do. Personally, or maybe with a group of friends or you know, life group or ministry people, Maybe over a meal or coffee or maybe just in your own personal journal. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a list of all of your blessings. Just start naming them. Just start listing them. Your relational, emotional, material, spiritual blessings. Now, for some of you, that's a pretty easy task. Because in general, you are a grateful person. I mean, you daily reflect on all the blessings of life. But for some of you, that's going to be like pulling teeth. It, it, it will be a challenge because in general, you are a negative, pessimistic person. You always see the glass half empty. You, you are constantly comparing yourself and, and your lot in life to other people. And there is always a reason, always an excuse for your problems and your pain in life. You are always a victim and it's always somebody else's fault. And what I want to challenge all of us with today is that we are all blessed. And so therefore, we carry a heavy responsibility to use those blessings, to use those gifts, those opportunities for more, so much more than just our own selfish purposes. And you, you see that theme 
all throughout the movie, The Black Panther. But you also see it in the life of someone in the Bible that I want us to talk about today. His name is Samson. Samson. And kind of, in fact, many of you, what you know about Samson is you kind of picture him in your mind as this kind of hero, or maybe if you know a little bit more about him, something like a tragic hero. Okay, Some of you know a little bit about Samson. You know that he's the guy who was really, really what? Really strong. Okay, Really, really strong because he had long hair and he falls in love with a woman named who? Samson and Delilah. Very good. Those of you who grew up in you know, children's church or you've read your Bible. Uh, actually, she was a prostitute and uh, she cuts his hair off and he loses his strength and he loses his freedom. And he really is kind of a, a tragic uh, superhero, uh, if you will. But there is so, so much more to the life of Samson than that. In fact, I believe that the life of Samson serves as a warning to all of us, especially to those of us who are blessed and we know that our cup overflows. But it also serves as a warning to those of you who are just as blessed, but you're missing it, okay? And, and the warning is not to become selfish or prideful, or lazy, or indulgent, but to recognize our blessings, to use our blessings, and our privileges, and our opportunities for good. You know, to understand that we have all been blessed to be a blessing. So, this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're simply going to use uh, some of Samson's blessings. We're going to look at some of the blessings that he was provided with as described in the book of Judges, and then I'm going to just make some general applications to all of us. Now, if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. One blessing that Samson, uh, that Samson had was that he was born at an opportune time. He was born at an opportune time. In fact, Judges 13.1 says this. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so that the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now, on the surface, you hear that and you, and you say, Pastor Chris, this looks like a terrible time to be born. I mean, you know, the Israelites were so rebellious against God, the Bible says that he uh, permitted his chosen people, the Israelites, to be run over, to be taken over by their arch enemies, the Philistines. But it was an opportune time for Samson to be born because there was such a huge spiritual vacuum. People were literally craving for a bold leader to rise up and liberate them and give them hope. And Samson was to be that man. Now, here's what I believe. I believe the same is true today. Listen to me. I actually believe that we are blessed to live at the time in which we live, that this is an opportune time. Now, I realize some of you might push back again and say, come on, seriously, Pastor Chris? These are terrible times. I mean, terrorism, racism, sexism, the negative media, greedy corporations, pornography, violence, immorality. I mean, what a terrible time to bring children into the world. 
And that's why I believe this is exactly an opportune time for followers of Jesus and for his church because there is such a spiritual void in our world today and because the world is coming unraveled and unglued. Listen, all the money in the world, all the education, all the laws and the politicians and the prisons, they will never, ever, ever be able to restrain the evil that is in men's hearts today. And so as a result today, this world is searching. They are looking. And now here's the good news. Coastal, listen to me. If you are a believer in Jesus, we have the answers. We do. And listen, only the gospel of Jesus, the grace of God and his church can not only restrain evil, but transform the evil in men's hearts from, from evil to good. Don't you see? This is an opportune time like no other for you and I, for Coastal, for the church to rise up and for you and me to impact this world for Jesus. And there's that word again, impact. I believe that God has put Coastal here to make an impact. In fact, this past week, we kicked off what we are calling our Summer of Impact, where we as a church are going to penetrate our culture, go out into the world and serve and love and give and share and partner with a lot of different organizations and just be Jesus. Just be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community. In fact, today, we kicked it off uh, this week and this weekend, but today in your bulletin, let me pull mine out. Everybody pull this out for me. This is your, your Summer of Impact catalog. Inside this catalog, here's what we're doing. We are listing all of the different projects, all of the different opportunities that you can sign up and serve. In fact, you can go to our website. I don't know if we have the slide up of this or not. I meant to check on this a little bit earlier. There we go. Here's just a screenshot of our website and listed in chronological order uh, from you know, top uh, left to right, just like you were reading a page, scrolling on down, all the different opportunities. You can learn about the days, the times. The, in fact, you can click on the little box and it'll tell you some more about the, uh, uh, the different organizations, the different opportunities. And then if you're interested in signing up, you hit that little box and it drops you down uh, to the bottom and uh, you can just check and all the different opportunities that you want to sign up. So just kind of like life groups, you can sign up online or you can sign up on your connect card. And so in fact, today on the back of your connect card, it says this, uh, I would like to sign up for Summer of Impact, project name and names, and then the dates. And we will get you signed up, and then you will get an email of uh, just a reminder and any information you need about the different things that you have signed up for. Uh, man, we've had a great uh, week already, a great kickoff. In fact, uh, yesterday, uh, well, actually this week, let me back up. On Wednesday and Thursday, we actually hosted um, Oakland Elementary School's fifth grade graduation, Orange Grove Middle School's uh, eighth grade award ceremony. We had over a thousand people here on our campus in those two days. And we loved and served and reached out to people and just blessed them and just rolled out the red carpet for everybody. And then yesterday, here at Saturday Serve, we fed the homeless, uh, we fed uh, my sister's house, uh, we served. Uh, in an orphanage. Uh, we 
uh, did all kinds of, we had over 53 people here uh, yesterday serving and loving our community. And so just this past week, between Saturday and Wednesday and Thursday, we have already given uh, over 250 service hours in our community. And I think that's awesome. So this week, let me just really quickly list some things that are happening this week. Uh, Today, you can go into our uh, Welcome Center, and you might have noticed a little balloon tree uh, that was up in the far far left there by the restrooms. Um, That's uh, birthdays for all, uh, for foster children. And just like a, a, a tree that you would pick a gift off a tree for a child at Christmas time, you could pick off a balloon and uh, uh, buy birthday gifts for that foster child. And there's some information on the table about that. And then uh, tomorrow morning, uh, we have Monday morning follow-up, where we follow up with all the guests and all the people uh, that were here in our service. Uh, and then tomorrow night, there's a community sweep. Uh, Wednesday uh, morning, there's a working in the teacher supply closet. Uh, Saturday, uh, there's St. Vincent's outreach, uh, loading furniture for needy people uh, that, that, that need uh, some uh, household items and, and things in their home. Uh, so there's a lot of different opportunities. Those are just this week. And so I would challenge you because, listen, times are difficult. This world is unraveling. But the truth is, this is the best time for for a church to do something like this, to penetrate our community and say, listen, we've got answers. We've got the hope. It's Jesus. Now, don't you see, listen, the darker, the darker the cave gets, the darker the world gets, it's so much, it's so valuable to have the light. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, you, you are the light of the world. You're to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And so I believe this is an opportune time, not only because there is a spiritual void and people are seeking to fill that void, but listen, like no other time in the history of the world, because of the information age and because of the advanced technology, They're just opportunities that you and I have today to share the gospel, to reach people like never before. This really is an incredible time. And so we've been given resources to make a difference. And the question really is, sure, can the internet and and, uh, social media can be used for evil? Absolutely. But we can use it for good. We can use it for influence. The question is, will you use these resources for good Or will you just selfishly keep them for yourselves? By the way, you see that same struggle all throughout the movie, The Black Panther. You know, T'Challa, the king, uh, and his love interest, you know, have this kind of struggle uh, going back and forth. For generations, T'Challa, the king, has basically been programmed or raised to kind of, you know, hide and protect their resources, kind of keep it for themselves. And Nikiah believes that this is a day and time where people are hurting and they have an opportunity to use their resources and technology for good, to make a difference in the world. And I believe the same is true today. It's, it's, it's a time for innovative thinking. It's a time for expanding our influence, for doing whatever it takes short of sin. Because, listen to this, whoever has been given much much will be demanded. And so my point is, just like Samson, and just like the people of Wakanda in this movie, we are living in an opportune time. 
And so it's time for you and I, it's time for followers of Jesus to stop complaining all the time about their circumstances, about their jobs, about the schools, about the neighborhoods and this culture, and to start seeing, stop seeing all of that as obstacles and instead seeing them as opportunities from the throne of God to do something about it, to do something. Because to whom much is given, much is demanded. Much is required. You know, my dream, my wish, my hope is that one day sociologists, maybe 40, 50 years from now, you know, my grandchildren, they're going to be studying Charleston. And they're going to be asking themselves again years from now, why? Why is there such racial harmony in our city? Why is the educational system so improved? Why is there such an improved business climate? Why? Why are there fewer divorces, fewer drunk drivers, fewer drug addicts, fewer teenagers committing suicide or cutting themselves? And it's my prayer, it's my hope that if they're honest, they're going to have to credit the followers of Jesus Christ and Coastal Community Church because so many of us have been positively transformed transformed by Jesus, that we went out into our culture and we showed them the light and we showed them the hope, that 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 is the hope for our community. That is the hope for our nation and for our world. But we, as a people, we've got to sense and seize all of these opportunities that are before us. Listen, Ephesians 5.16 says this, make the most of every opportunity, listen to this, because the days are evil. Did you hear that? Make the most of the opportunities today. Yes, because the days are evil. Now, before we move on to Samson's second blessing, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down something in your life that you have a tendency to see as an obstacle. But maybe, just maybe, God wants to use it as an opportunity. And how he could do that. For example, maybe, you know, you've only seen your place of employment, your job, as just this huge obstacle in your life. Write it down, right underneath the word obstacle there on your your outline. But it could be God's opportunity for outreach and evangelism and sharing and loving if you are a little bit more grateful and prayerful, and aware of your witness. Write that down. It's different for different people. I don't know what that is in your life, but what is that thing in your life that you see as an obstacle, but maybe God could use as an opportunity? Second blessing of Samson. He was raised by godly parents. In fact, look at Judges 13, 2 and 3. It says, A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of of the Danites had a wife, who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are sterile and childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. Now, even though uh, Manoah and his wife were childless, they were still faithful to God. They They were given a miraculous promise and they believed it. Now, you remember when Sarah, uh, of Sarah and Abraham, you know, she was about 90 years old and um, she was told that uh, she was gonna give birth to a son. By Abraham. You, you remember what her reaction was, what the Bible says she did at first? Anybody know? She laughed. She laughed. 
Now, but when an angel of the Lord told Manoah's wife, you're going to conceive, she believed it. And her husband believed it too. In fact, his first response was to pray. Uh, Judges 13.8, then Manoah prayed to the Lord, oh Lord, I beg you, let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring the boy up, uh, bring up the boy who is to be born. Now, by the way, that's, the, that's usually the first reaction of most parents when they, di- when they discover for the first time they're going to have a child. Help me, Jesus. Okay, basically, you know, oh man, what are we going to do now? Who's going to help us? Seriously, you're going to give us a human being to take home. No, so, but an angel comes back to visit and, she's, and, and basically she said, hey, wait right here and let me go get my husband. And then verses 11 and 12 says this, Manoah got up and followed his wife when he came to the man, he said, are you the one who talked to my wife? I am, he said. So Manoah asked him, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule for this boy's life and work? Now, I want you to notice something there. He didn't say, if this really comes to pass, he said, when this happens, how are we to raise this child? They were people of faith. And uh, the angel of the Lord goes on to tell him that you're to raise him as a Nazarite, to take a Nazarite vow, and uh, not to cut his hair, not to touch a dead body, not to drink wine. And they were obedient to God's commands, even though that had to be difficult. Now, there are a lot of advantages to growing up in a godly home, the way Samson did. However, many of you here today we're not raised in a godly home. In fact, you would probably characterize yourself as first-generation believers. In other words, what I mean by that is that th- this is new to you. This is new to your family. You know, you're starting new traditions, new uh, establishing new values. Now, no matter how long you've been a believer, though, I want you to hear this loud and clear. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you were raised by Christian parents or you've been a believer for just a short time. No matter, one of the challenges I believe that we all face is taking that blessing for granted. It's called the law of familiarity. In other words, you can become so familiar with the sacred that eventually you take it for granted and, and nothing really moves you anymore. Remember when Jesus uh, comes to, to Nazareth for the first time after his ministry begins? The, the hometown crowd, you know, the people that he knew growing up, refused to believe in him because they knew him from his childhood. And they're basically looking around at each other going, hey, who's this dude claiming to be the Messiah? He's just Mary's boy. You know, we do his brothers and sisters. My cousin babysat for him, you know? You know, it's just Jesus. He grew up down the street. In other words, listen, the principle is they were so familiar with Jesus that they refused to be impressed by who he really was. And what I'm saying today is that we can do the same thing. And it doesn't take necessarily growing up in the church or having Christian parents. I mean, the truth is, even after just a few years of being involved and being committed in a local church, sometimes you can find yourself saying things like this, oh, you know, when you've been around as long as we have, you don't really get as emotional like you are right now, you know, anymore. we've, We've been there and done that. I mean, come on. It's just church. You know, it's just a life group. I've been through a bunch of those, you know. I've heard that story before. We did that before. It's just communion. 
It's just a baptism service. It's just somebody giving their lives to Jesus. And you see, I think that's exactly what happened to Samson. He became too familiar with the sacred. Another reminder for us today is this, that whatever your current family situation is, dedicate it to God, be faithful, and be grateful. You know, and and like Manoah and his wife, be people of faith. Be obedient, even if the times and the instructions are difficult. You know, take time, take the effort. And, and, And even though you might be swimming against the current of this culture, and from time to time you might be made fun of, be willing to be distinctive, whatever the cost. You know, in the movie Black Panther, T'Challa discovered that his family wasn't perfect. By the way, there's no such thing as a perfect family, right? He discovered that his dad, the guy that he had, you know, that he looked up to, that he adored and admired, had made a terrible, terrible mistake. And so he had to decide, you know, is he going to make this right? And my point is today is that you have to decide. No matter the family, you can't keep making an excuse for the environment in which you grew up in. And you've got to make a decision. And remember, don't see that as an obstacle. It's an opportunity. Because the world around us, the culture, the world, listen, they're begging for solutions on how to raise their children. They're begging for answers on how to have a successful, loving, long-term marriage. And we have the answers. But like Samson's parents, you know, when when our kids come to us and say, come on, mom, dad, let let me go do this. I mean, the kids at school, they're making fun of me. I mean, why, why can't I do that? Other kids are doing it. Everybody else is doing it. You gotta be willing to say to your child, listen, you are a child of God. There might be other things that other kids can do that might be okay for their family, but our family's different. Our family's different. Now, I'm not telling you all to go home and make a long legalistic list of commands for your family, but I am telling you this, that that being a Christian family in our culture today, it takes prayer and courage and guts and extra effort and creative and intentional action. In other words, you don't drift into it. It it doesn't happen by accident. It takes effort to make sure that devotion and, and prayer time and church and youth group and serving and, and going and making an impact in our community, that all those things are a priority for you and for your family. Blessing number three was that Samson was given special strength from God. Special strength. Now, that's basically true, of course, of this movie Black Panther, and really of every superhero movie. Uh, They all have some sort of special strength, right? Now, Samson, again, is most remembered for his physical strength. 
In fact, um, you know, Janet and I, we just got back from California. By the way, thank you so much uh, for your prayers. And, and uh, we were not here last Sunday uh, because my daughter uh, got married out in California. And uh, he said, I do. She said, I do. And, and uh, they're married. And it was great. And I, I barely held myself together. Uh, Janet cried enough for both of us. And, um, but it was a great, great uh, experience. And I appreciate everybody's prayers and thoughts. And uh, you probably saw a lot of the pictures on, on my Facebook page. But um, so right before we left for California, uh, Jan and I actually bought some new luggage. What kind of luggage do you think we went and bought? Samsonite luggage, right, right. Why? Because of its strength, right? Uh, you know, it, it's strong, it's durable. Now, listen to just two of Samson's feats of strength that are mentioned in the Bible. You, you're probably familiar with some of these, or, uh, these if you know anything about uh, the story of Samson. Uh, Judges 14.6 the Spirit of the Lord came on him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Wow. So in other words, he you know, killed a lion with his bare hands. Judges 15, 14 and 15 says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and he struck down a thousand men. Now, I got something interesting to ask you, though. What do you think Samson must have looked like? Now, I think the obvious answer, the kind of the first thing that comes to our mind is, like, well, you know, obviously, Pastor Chris, he had, you know, awesome physique. I mean, he must have looked like, you know, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger back in his uh, bodybuilding days. Now, I think that's what we, we, most of us believe, you know, or like, you know, what we imagine like Hercules, you know, to look like. Well, one commentary that I, that I saw suggested something completely different. In fact, that Samson was actually pretty ordinary, pretty average in size and appearance because people never said he's so strong because he's so huge. In fact, what's really interesting is never in Scripture is his size ever talked about. Like, for example, Goliath. You know, where we have this big, long description, you know, of his physical, you know, size. In fact, over and over and over again, if you read through Judges, they basically keep asking, what's the secret of his strength? What's the secret of his strength? You see, the point is, if Samson looked like, you know, Captain America, you know, or Justin Faust here at our church, you know, uh, I don't know if he's here today, but anyway, you know, they would all say what? Well, it's got to be his physique. It's got to be his size. However, if Samson looked like me, they'd say, it's a miracle, you know? It's a miracle of God. So, you see, the, my point is this. Samson's strength wasn't in his hair, ultimately. It wasn't in his size, ultimately. His strength was in his God. You see that over and over again. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord rested on him. Now, here's what I want to close with today. Every single person in this room, you are all gifted. You all have strength. You all have strength. In fact, the Bible says that. The Bible teaches that. And just like Samson, you have been given a special strength. Some of you are gifted intellectually. Some of you are gifted athletically. Some of you musically. 
Some of you are gifted with business skills or leadership skills or financial gifts. Some of you are teachers or encouragers. You have the, the gift of faith or giving or leading. Now, on the bottom of your outline, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down what you believe, or maybe because you've grown up in an environment that was so negative that you actually believe you don't have any gifts or strengths, okay? But I want you to write down maybe what other people have told you are your strengths. Write those down. Now, don't miss this. It is so important that you constantly recognize that God is the author of that strength. And your strengths, your talents, your abilities, they are to be ultimately used for God and for his glory and for the good of other people and not just yourself. The, the warning is this. If you don't do that, if you don't use your strengths for God, ultimately, eventually, they will either be taken away or they will be used for your downfall. And you see that in Living Color in the Black Panther? And I would challenge you to read the rest of the story of Samson, and you see it in his life. Coastal, listen to me. We have all been given much. We have been. And whoever has been given much from her, from him, much will be demanded. Right now, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus Christ if you've never done so. The greatest gift that God has ever given is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's what you've been searching for. That is the hope of this world. And that's the hope of your life. It's Jesus. And if you don't know him personally, you can begin that relationship now. Today. It is, it is begun through faith. By faith. Not works. You can't earn it. You can't you know, deserve it. You can't earn enough brownie points for it. It's not through religion. It's through a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to this earth. He lived a perfect life so that his very life could be the sacrifice, the payment for our sin. And we are all in that boat. We are all sinners in need of a Savior. And one has been provided. His name is Jesus. He went to the cross to die for your sin. He rose from the dead. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. It is a fact. And if you will put your faith in what he accomplished for you, through his death, burial, and resurrection, you can have eternal life. You can have a relationship with God. You can be God's friend. You can be God's adopted child. And that can begin today. And I just want to step you through a prayer of faith. If you have already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I believe one of the challenges for us today is this. What are you going to do with everything you've been blessed with? 
You know, as we plan out our summer, as you plan out yours, is it going to be a summer of making an impact? Is it going to be a summer of serving and loving and sharing and penetrating our culture and sharing the good news of the gospel, the hope of this world, Jesus, with the world around us? Or is it just about you? The greatest gift that you've been given, if you're saved, it is Jesus. And what are you doing with that gift? To whom much has been given, much is required. Are you sharing Jesus with the world around you? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word and I thank you for Jesus. And Father, right now, I just pray that there are people in this room or people who are watching online who are ready to come home, ready to come to faith in Christ. And if that's you, just simply pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do believe. I admit it, God. I am a sinner. I have blown it. I have, I have pushed you out of my life. And yet, all along, I have been searching. I have been seeking. And today, I recognize that the answer is Jesus. It's not religion. It's a relationship, God, with you through Christ. And today, I put all of my faith, all of my hope in him and what he did for me through his death, burial, and resurrection. I believe. I do. And I ask him to be my savior. I ask him to be my Lord. And now, God, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me now. Perfect, brand new, made alive in Christ Jesus. And God, for those of us who are believers today, who have been given much, may we be reminded that we have been blessed to be a blessing. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' most powerful name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.